Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Hey, everybody. I have to say that I think this is probably going to be my favorite episode of the year. Just a disclaimer, because I am talking with my dear friend who I've never met, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Dear friend, fellow mom of young adults with an FASD. I have one. She has she has three. Um, She has five five kids. Three of them um, have an FASD. Just amazing, amazing woman. Amazing is just something I, I, I keep saying when I, when I talk about her, but one of the things I'm so proud, and this is what this episode is about. Cindy LaJoy and I have co-authored a new book that's now available. So we are talking about blazing new homeschool trails, educating and launching teens with developmental disabilities. So I am welcoming back with open arms, Cindy LaJoy, (laughs) my fellow friend and co-author. Welcome back to FSD I know, Natalie. Congratulations to us, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A true labor of love. And um, it's been delightful to, to go through this process with you. And, you know, you've carried such a heavy load on the learning, the publishing pieces and everything. And, um, I hope, you know, our hope is that lots of families will be um, inspired and encouraged and find a few nuggets there that they can implement in their own life with their, their teens and, and young adults. Cause you know, although it says teens, a lot of us, as we know, it's really 20 somethings too. So, you know, that's, I want to make sure that we, we talk about that because, you know, you can't put teens and twenties and everything else in the title. Yep. (laughs) Nope. But teens but, um, and beyond, absolutely. Teens and beyond, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that's something we really do a good job of reiterating in our book is that it doesn't stop at 18 or it doesn't stop at 20. You know, this is something that's lifelong. And, you know, you and I have learned that this is something that we embrace. You know, we embrace yes. and we accommodate. Absolutely. Well, and as, as we know, with our kids' particular disability, you're looking at 28 or 30 before their brain is fully developed. And then traditional kids, you're talking, you know, 24, 25, that gap is significant. And it makes a real difference in the late teens and early twenties because um, the capacity isn't the same. And yet the expectation of the world is the same. Yes. And it's the parents who are the ones who have to sort of intercede and recognize that that capacity is different and accommodate the entire life, not just the academics at this yes. point. And so, you know, hopefully through the book, we've helped people understand that a little bit. I hope that was, that I, was the goal. That's That was our goal. And it's funny because I think by sharing your family's journey, 
our family's journey and then things that we've learned along the way, I think we offer three different perspectives of how we've learned, you know, to do that, to do what you're saying and how, again, this book is really about changing the parent's you know, mindset and changing that tra- yes. trajectory of, you know, okay, my, my kid can do what he or she wants with our support, you know, and, and, and accommodating our life. It's not about, okay, my kid's destined to do something and I just have to live with that. No, no. We want people to think outside of the box about, you know, their teens, young adults, futures. And I think that when we all look at the gold standard of the book, trying differently rather than harder. Yes. Um, Diane Melvin's book that tells you how, yes, I think our book tells you here's the result. Yes. I think it's sort of like, it's a great companion to that one because one tells you the basics. And when your kids are younger, you're looking at that integrating it as I know that you and I both did along with everything else we could possibly um, learn from others, but also what we learned ourselves about our own unique individual children. Yes. Um, But then so if you do it that way, what does it look like? And, you know, we're sort of the first generation with the kids that have worked with this kind of information, this understanding and perspective. And now we're here to say it works. Yes. And here's what it looks like or can look like. And yes, you can, you can come out of this in a different way. You're not going to erase the damage that's been done, but there are all kinds of ways to work with it in and, and it sort of feels like this is the extension of that book. Sort of the, the result is if you do that, you look at this book, then here's sort of what you can come up with. And and does it look the same as every other, you know, non-brain injured child? Of course not. Of course not. Because you're not going to change the brain injury, but you can change the outcome. And hopefully we're, as we're continuing to lo- learn and grow, as you and I have talked about, Natalie, you know, we talked about, and we're not done. We, we have no illusions. This is time. just the beginning. And we may learn a lot more later. Yes. Yeah. You know, our kids are young, 20 somethings. And, you know, by 25, we may be learning more things. Yeah. And we may be doing things wrong or we may be doing things right. But so far, the results are pretty good. I'm so glad you're mentioning Trying Differently Rather Than Harder by Diane Malbin, because when we first started putting this book together, we both knew we needed to have a chapter about FASD in there. We knew there was just not yes. enough information and, and we needed to educate our, our readers and, and also remind readers about the brain-based neurobehavioral approach to parenting a child yes. with an FASD. So we did that. And one of the first things I did was I reached out to facets, you know, they're the nonprofit who oversees the training and, and they actually published Diane Malbin actually founded facets, you know, she is now retired. And I reached yes. out um, to Natalie Brassard, who's the executive director. And I shared with her that first chapter that we were writing. And I said, we'd just like to know if this is, you know, this is okay. And not only did she say, yes, this is great, but she said, we'll endorse your book. And, and that to me, yeah. we, ha- we, our book is endorsed. We have quite a few great endorsements, you know, um, having facets endorse this book about FASD that, that to me is like, wow you know, and I'm so thankful to have that because we're talking reality, you know, we're talking statistics, we're talking science, but then exactly, just like you said, Cindy, we're showing two families journeys, putting those principles and putting those strategies into work. And we acknowledge that again, with FASD, one day could be very different than the next. 
we both know that, you know, <laughs> we're both just talking sorry, about that before. Parents are laughing at their I know. sentence because we all know it. <laughs> and especially we, before we started recording, we were, you know, exchanging, we're talking about that. But, um, but, but the great part is that you and I, <laughs> out of desperation, really, but re- we really had to be inventive in creating new yes. pathways for our kids' futures. Well, what I'm hoping is that, you know, we're, I'm going to say 10 to 15 years down the road from when I started my journey and there was so little available and I, and there still is, there is growing awareness. And then with awareness comes research and education and everything else. But you know, the awareness has to come first. But I remember five years ago, living in my community, going to a disability sort of fair of sorts with I think about 16 tables, I counted at the time, 16 tables filled with different resource providers around the area. And I was desperate um, as we were considering the future for our kids. What in the heck can we do? Where can we turn? They are not ready for the real world. They're going to struggle to hold a job, but they can do a lot. Where can I find help? And I went in that fair and will you believe it or not? I only had one person at one booth even know what FASD was. That's how unknown it is in my area. And I think that, that maybe we've created a book that will, it, it goes over a little bit of the science, but it's really practical. And it's something that hopefully a parent can turn to when they're asking that same question, what next, what now? Because so many of our kids don't qualify for disability payments, long-term you know, SSDI, and then you're stuck. What the heck do you do? Because anybody who's parenting a kid like this it must have had the idea through the, or the thought run through their head over and over again. How are they ever going to hold a job? How are they ever going to move into adulthood? We asked those questions. I know you and I did independently. I know that it kept us up at night. I know we cried real tears and lots of them multiple times. And I'll be honest with you, this isn't a self-serving pro- uh, project. We're not going to make anything off of it much at all. But what we hopefully will do is provide parents a companion for the journey that that somebody that they know says can say, oh yeah, they saw that too in their kid. Oh yeah, they felt that too. Okay, I must not be nuts. Because I don't know about you, how many times did you feel not just alone, but crazy? Yes. Because oh, in particular, and this, yeah, this book is really, it isn't designed just for FASD kids. I want to make sure that we're clear about that because it would be terrific for those with high functioning autism those who have developmental delay of unspecified origin, mm-hmm. anybody whose kid is struggling and there's a real reason behind it, even if you don't have the diagnosis because let's face it, the professionals sometimes don't catch it. And then you're really lost and feeling even more hopeless. But this book is, is something that I'm hoping some mom will read it and go to bed and rest her head on her pillow. And for one night, feel like she's not so alone and somebody understands it. And I do hope people read this and reach out to us. Yeah. This is, this is more like a brochure for people to know <laughs> you can call on somebody and we're here for you. It isn't a book to make us rich. That's never going to happen. And that wasn't the point of writing it. We literally found each other and, and I, I don't know about you, but felt a companionship that I've never felt in my parenting journey because no one got it, even when they tried. So I don't think we found each other, my friend. I think God put yeah. us in each well, other. God put us together for sure. And, <laughs> and. Uh, You know, my husband and I talked about, we have never had a single parent to talk to through all these years who understood 
the crazy making for both the children and us, because it isn't just, you know, it isn't just parents getting frustrated with their kids and knowing it. Those kids are suffering too. And we, we, I know that he has talked to people, you, you know, I've talked to people, you and your husband have, and sometimes it's nice not to have to educate. Sometimes it's nice to just have somebody go, yeah, we saw this in our kid. They did this and this too. Isn't that kind of crazy? And we scratched our head and somebody else go, yeah, yeah, me too. And this book is filled, I hope, with those moments that a parent can hear it or read it, depending on if they do the audio version or not, and go, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. And you know, there is a comfort that comes from that. And sometimes in order to move forward with our kids, we need to be comforted and assured first. And maybe we have accomplished that with this book. It's my hope. And, and, And some real concrete tools as well for how do you homeschool through these high school years? How do you launch them? You know, there are some practical questions that we hopefully have answered in there, but also I hope it leads people to reach out to us to ask more Yes, and we'll share what we know. And we don't have all the answers, but we can share what we have experienced and, and the wisdom we have gained from maybe failure after failure, and then maybe success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you know, we haven't done it right the first time. Yeah. That's for sure. And we also know, again, to anyone who's listening and interested in, in our book and our message, our really our ministry. I consider what we're doing to be a ministry. You know, we're still on this journey and we know we are so thankful for those good moments and for those good, those good things that we can savor. And we feel, and, and I, I've shared this for me, you know, I, could write a book on any part of my life. I have a, I had a very interesting life as you did you. And we, we talked, you know, when I first asked you, do you want to write a book with me? And you were like, you know, I've always been approached, you know, by a lot of people saying that I feel like you and I took very vulnerable parts of ourselves, which is being a mom of now young adults that have FASD yeah. and taking that really vul- that vulnerability and saying, you know what, I'm going to share this with you because I think this might help. And that I, I, you know, I saw a message that said that when you do that, that can be the most effective of ministries because you're saying, these are my wounds. This is what I went through, but I'm sharing them so that maybe this can bring you hope. I think we, you know, we feel alone in it, but we can't find our tribe. Because our tribe often isn't diagnosed and they don't know. They're wandering around in the dark, in the desert. And by describing what we see and experience with these kids, with these brain-based diagnoses, somebody else can have an aha moment. As I did, as others shared about specific things amongst the myriad disabilities (laughs) with our kids. Often I was lost and, you know, I wrote a blog for years about our family post-adoption of our third child home. And, you know, describing things that were going on, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this, and it's making me crazy, and I can't figure this out. And often, um, the community of readers would throw out ideas, things I thought of, and my daughter's dyscalculia and my son's dysgraphia, both were pointed out to me through that. And then we got testing done, and clearly that was what it was. But I, And we parents of kids who think differently and learn differently, grow differently, we have to stick together. And we have to help one another and we have to shine a light on the area that might be the key that will help somebody figure it out for their kid to make them go that little step further that might lead to independence. And with kids like ours and many others with other diagnoses as well, that independence is really in question. And 
often it's going to be a different kind of independence anyway. And knowing that other families are going through that same decision-making process and how they did it and what conclusions they came to lead either to answers or to things you throw away. Let's throw that out there too. The way we did it may not be the way you find to do it, but maybe it helps you get to your, your process. All of that is helpful. Hopefully we will offer all kinds of ideas for ways you can do it, but even if it's not, it doesn't work. It may lead you to your, your direction and that's important, but more importantly, you're in a community of readers and the authors for whom this is real. You're not going crazy. We promise the challenges that you're facing. You're not alone in, but it may have felt like it because you couldn't find the people. Well, now hopefully through this book, we're going to create like a network of yeah. parents who are trying really hard to do the best for their kids and aren't quite sure what the next steps are because other parents are figuring it out too. And maybe collaboratively, we're all going to be helping one another make sure our kids succeed to the very best of their ability, even if that looks different from other kids. That's still success. And I think you and I have experienced some success so far. And two years from now, we may be taking, but we're going to share and grow and learn together. And that's what it's all about. I love that. And it's so funny because when we first started talking about this book. We just, you know, talked about the the very basics and it was great because um, when I was busy, you did a lot of writing. And then when you were busy, I did a lot of writing. So we kind of, you know, <laughs> got, got it together. I would say like in about under six months, we really were able to, to put yes. it all together. The hardest thing was the title. <laughs> the hardest thing because we <laughs> had it was I I remember honestly we didn't really come up with a title until pretty recently because we just we wanted to we had so much to say and and you know we know that the title means everything and, and it was so funny because our the title is actually the spin on one of Cindy's chapters you know we were just like well let's just put homeschooling in that because that's really what we did so yeah and Again, I'm so glad you're bringing up this book. Not only do we we really cover FASD and we talk about FASD, but this book really is for, you know, any teens or young adults with any developmental disabilities. So I'm thinking of, you know, yes. teens that have ADHD, teens that have any type of, of neurodiversity. And yes. the other big thing that we really wanted to communicate, I think, together, you know, when we were talking and, and just brainstorming was that independence really can be, we really embrace it as what we call interdependence, which yes. I think really got a lot of people's attention because it's, it's always, you know, oh, well, they just launch and leave or they're home forever, you know, and, and we wanted to say, yes. okay, there's many, Absolutely. there's many things in the middle though. You know, there's, there's yes. many steps in the middle, you know, that. And sometimes you might sit on one step for a much longer time yes. than a child who doesn't have a, a diagnosis. You might sit on the landing yeah. for a while and then feel safe to take the next step. And that might be three or four years longer than it is for other kids. And let's face it. Some of the kids like one of my own will never live independently. They're always going to need some support, but I will tell you, he feels pretty independent except for when he really can't. We recently had an experience. Um, he's been running his own business, for goodness sakes. For the most part, our kids are running their own business, doing really well, setting up what little social life he has because he struggles with that, but took him to the doctor to get his second vaccine. And this might sound familiar to some people and dropped him off because he'd already had the first one. Paperwork had been filled out. Everything's good. 
And um, he ended up calling my husband. And luckily, he no longer panics and he's really calm and he's, he is um, very forthright with, I have a disability. So I don't think I can actually do the paperwork for the second shot by myself. I thought I could, but I can't. And so we had to call and be walked through, you know, because they asked the same questions again. But, you know, we all know FASD. And of course, he forgot how to do it. And he forgot answers. But in many ways, he's still actually really independent. Yeah, He really is to the degree he can be. Mm-hmm. And now it's how much support do you need? And where do you need that support in in what areas and, and providing enough, but not too much and not too little because too little then makes it more awkward to ask for more help. There's a fine line in all of this with kids this age. And, you know, we're saying kids, but we're, we're talking adults. They may be young adults and inexperienced adults, but they're adults in bodies that look 22, 23, but who often are functioning at 15 or 16. And um, that means it's all really, really different. (laughs) And I'm, I'm so glad you're saying that because to me, his calling your husband, to me, that's a victory because he's able to say, I need help. And he's advocating for himself. And you talk about that in the book too. You mentioned another instance in the book where he does that. So for us, you know, for Cindy that's and I, independence that's, that is, that is independence yes. that being able to say, you know what, I need some help with this. Can you please help me with this? That's what you and I do Yes. when we get into something and we go, I don't understand what I'm doing. Yep. Grown adults will ask for help. The fact that they may need help in areas other adults don't need help right. doesn't mean that they're not maturing. It's a, it just looks different. And it does look like you and I in other areas of our life. Like if I can't get my printer hooked up, I call my son, Matt and say, I need help. Can you help me? Cause I'm frustrated. We adults do it. The difference is we judge it because it's not in the same areas, which is really a shame. Because that is being fully mature, recognizing when we need help, reaching out for it, pursuing it until we get it so we can move forward. That's mature adult behavior. But because it's in an area like filling out a a form in a doctor's office, we tend to then infantilize them, which is really wrong. They're doing the right thing. And Mm -hmm. it it, again, just like we're talking about, it takes thinking Mm -hmm. outside the box. Mm -hmm. It really does. And recognizing things differently. But so I have a question for you, Natalie. Okay. When you started thinking about this book and then we have this finished product, is it what you thought it would be? Where is it the same? Where is it different? Tell me, tell me sort of like from start to finish, you know, like, like idea that popcorns and then the actual finished product, where, what are you thinking about it versus what you thought it would be? So I think it's better than what I expected because I think that we met our goals. You know, we, we had goals in mind for this book, you know, this, we call it the small, but mighty book. We wanted this to be a guidebook for parents. We share our stories. The reason I say that I think it's better than what I expected, because this book is just the beginning. And I didn't expect that. I expected the book to be almost like a final destination. Oh, here's our book. Here's what we learned. There you go. But along the way, I think the Lord put in into both of our hearts that this is this book is just the beginning. And this people are going to read this book and they're going to want to hear more or they're going to want to learn more. And that's when when you and I got talking about, hey, we need to talk about a companion journal and hey, let's do a website, you know, and everything. That's when like the fire lit inside me the way it did when we started FASD Hope. That's when I was like, oh, 
this is much more than just this book. So that's why I say, I think, I think it's better than what I expected because now it's just like, okay, this is, you know, this is our labor of love. This is, this is our book. It's out there, but wait, like you said, we want to build, build something. And we're we're really hoping to eventually find ways to gather moms and dads like us and have real conversation beyond ideas. We're hoping to have, you know, eventually retreats where parents can get together and we can really work on what does it feel like, not just to solve the problem for our children, not to just come up with solutions, but um, my hope is that somehow we can help parents live into this peacefully and with a sense of direction themselves, because often they lose themselves in this. And, you know, there's all kinds of things in the mix. And I think the companion workbook is going to help parents They'll have read the book and then they get this, this downloadable companion workbook that helps them walk through that process on their own as they're looking at it specifically with their circumstance, with their child or children, because many of us have more than one. Mm -hmm. And um, hopefully that will then, you know, lead to them being able to brainstorm with us, um, collaborate with other parents. You know, basically when we talk about companions for the journey, we're not talking about just the book. Yeah. We would ultimately like to see this develop into long-term, true companionship and relationship with any parent who feels alone, because I don't want a single parent feeling like I have felt all these years. Or I just like, don't. Yep, and like, I feel that really we're called by God to do that. I feel yes. like um, not just you and I uniquely, we humans are called for relationship. Yeah. And this is a disability that leaves us so alone, so isolated, not just our kids, Often we recognize it for our kids, but we don't realize how isolating it is in a, as an adult and how often we're questioned and doubted and, and um, ridiculed and judged for the way we're parenting that absolutely necessarily has to be different, but they don't understand it. And so I think our hope, both of us, if I'm speaking for both of us here, is that if it's within our power, there isn't another mom or dad who is going to go to bed feeling alone worried, having things circle in their head without having some place to go to at least say, Hey, you're not alone. We may not have solutions, but we're going to work together to see if we can brainstorm trying up a whole bunch of things. Cause sometimes I don't know about you, Natalie. I just felt like I had no more ideas. I felt stuck. I needed somebody to unstick me a little bit. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll be there to walk parents through things and kids and do whatever we possibly can to, to see to it that nobody feels the way we did. And hopefully that will grow into something that um, that is really valuable for a family when they're in the thick of it. Amen. Yeah, I the book, I, I'm very, very happy with. We don't, as, as we're interviewing right now, we're waiting for our physical copies <laughs> of it. However, the book itself is really what we intended on communicating. I think and then some, honestly, I think yep. and then some. I love the cover. It's totally like it's it's better than the way we had initially talked about it. And our cover designer, Carrie Watson, shout out to her. Um, she was amazing. And she just really took our ideas and said, OK, like, let, let's make this beautiful. So that was fun. Cindy, what do you think was the most surprising thing you learned in, in this journey of, of writing a book? Oh, good question. Most surprising thing I learned about our journey in writing the book. What I learned is how, how gracious God is in softening it all in retrospect. My son, 
who, who is working on a project of his own about his experience as someone with FASD, went back and read my blogs. And he told me from all the years when we've been working so hard, I wrote a blog for, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 years. I kept it very religiously two or three times a week. Um, I haven't for the last two or three years. It felt like that work was done. And, and it was. Um, but he was reading it to refresh his memory. And he has talked to me about how he has moved to tears himself over and over again because of what I was going through. And as I wrote this book, I was able to have enough distance that it was all soft, blurry, a little, a little fuzzy, a little less painful. I, I share that because I also think that there's hope that when you're really in the thick of it, you know, like, I don't know about you guys, but we always went through it cyclically where it was really, really yeah. bad for a while. And then it yeah. got better for a while. And you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd rest, but you're sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop because that's what it is with these kids. But you could breathe a little better and then you'd go back into the thick of it. And it was sort of like this up and down, you know, and it still is, even at this stage, it, different issues and different things. Um, but the fact that, that God is so good to us, that when we've gone through things that were enough to make my son cry right now, reading them at how hard it was, I look back and I don't feel that way anymore. And I'm so grateful that I can take what, what we went through and the struggles we went through and are going through, because I'll continue to share, um, and, and share that with others and yet not feel so in it. So in the, in the moment of it, because it was so hard. I, I mean, let's face it. I don't want to go back and do it. You don't know nope. <laughs> this stuff is hard. Yeah. These moments are really, really. And what am I saying? Moments these years. Yeah. Because it isn't a moment. Yeah. It's you're in the thick of it. You're in the trenches for just forever. And um, so that was a really wonderful surprise and a reminder that we we all make it through hard things and we come out the other side different people and we are in charge of how we come out we are in charge of our attitude we are in charge of how we will choose to perceive those things and god helps us along the way with how we how we sort of how how memory works for us i guess i should say yeah and um, that was, that was a real surprise and a reminder that, you know, uh, we have a family phrase and heart isn't bad. Heart is just hard. One more question for you, Natalie. Yes, one more question here. And I even hesitate to ask it. Do you think 10 years from now, we're going to be in a totally different place ourselves and have to write a different book about the next steps? So you want to hear something funny. We joke about this. I think 10 years from now, our husbands want us to go on the road with this. <laughs> so <laughs> So that we can, <laughs> we can do what we, cause we joke about this. We're like, you know, we, we were meant to work with each other. We are meant, we've been through these experiences. God put us these experiences for a reason. John jokes. He's like, oh no, I, I can see you like, you know, moving forward with this and just creating something new and big and wonderful. And, and me just sitting back with the kids and going, no, we're cool. Go ahead. <laughs> Do I see? I, I, I can definitely, I, yeah, I can definitely see an, another book. Absolutely. I can see just a growth. I, again, when I talked to you a year ago and I said, Hey, I love what you're doing. I love blue collar homeschool, blue collar homeschool helped my family and I so much. And I have this idea for a book. I never dreamed, not only would we write a book, but this book would be the beginning of something, you know? So I know 
with God, anything is possible. And honestly, I feel like he's used your family's journey and my family's journey really as a beginning, hopefully of change for other families who just are in the middle of the road and they don't know what to do. I'm sorry. I just want to say yeah. <laughs> you, my friend, I don't hitch my wagon to just anybody. <laughs> you, when I, when I met you and connected with you, I was like, oh yeah, she's the one I want to travel along with. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that. And I felt exactly the same way when I hung up the phone with you. I was, I wasn't with my husband at the time. I was with a friend and I said, oh, there's something that wants to happen there. And I'm not sure what it is, but you know, you, God gives us that insight and we know. Yeah, I, 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 I could see us doing some things. And um, as I've shared with you, and you already know this, but some, some of our listeners don't, I'm already teaching kids through True North Homeschool Academy. I'm teaching special needs kids, English and history at the high school level, but at a much lower reading level. And we work on developmental skills and classes uh, this next year. I was going to teach one class of five for each. And all of a sudden I'm teaching two classes of five for each along with another student. Um, and um, I have plans in the future also um, next summer, at the end of next summer, I'll be taking a unique program that um, is about quality of life coaching for those with disabilities and their families. And there's, there's something happening here that you and I are not in control of. And that we're listening and we're continuing to say yes and pursue things and grow ourselves so that we can be an even better resource for people in the long run. And I have no idea where that's where that's going to head, but, but but I know I want to be with you on it as we do it. And, you know, we're going to we have no idea because we didn't even know we'd be sitting here, you know, a year ago. That's that's for sure. But um, but it's exciting to to think that that we're creating something, not just in the book, but hopefully beyond the book that will be a permanent companion. You know, that you and I are literally stepping forward to say, you aren't alone, we're here. How can we help? What can we do? Do you just need to talk? And, And that's really important. It's what we needed, along with what we wrote. I think um, if I had had a book like that, when my kids were eight or nine, and I, I could have envisioned the future a little more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to pat us on the back, but you got to start where. And hopefully we're giving people a place to start, yeah. not to end, but to start thinking differently. We're really trying to get them, not just to think how you treat your child differently, but then, because I think that's that trying differently rather than harder. Right. That's, you know, that's Diane's book. This book is, okay, so now, how do you, how do you creatively go outside the box as you think about next, not how do you raise them to 18? How do you keep them as stable as you possibly can? And how can you, you know, effectively work and teach with kids like this? And our book includes some of that, but this is really goes that next step. The step that the parent goes, Oh, I'm falling off the cliff and there's no school support. There's no nothing now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of even workshop places and things for adults with disabilities, our kids don't fit there either because sometimes they're, too sharp. Hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, there's this level of disability that falls in the middle with high functioning autism and, you know, <laughs> pervasive developmental delay yeah. and some of them, they're not low IQ people, but it's all jumbled in their brain. And those hmm. are the kids that I think we can really help whether they have an FASD diagnosis or like you mentioned, ADD, ADHD, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. of course that's often in the mix. Yeah. And that requires a different approach too. They all yeah. do. And so do we. 
let's face it, you and I as adults and, and as individual human beings, everybody needs a different approach. We're all unique individuals. And we're sort of saying, we're not denying there's disability, but we're saying, you're not gonna focus on that. We're gonna focus, focus on the strengths and, and the capacity that exists, and we're gonna make something happen. And I hope that parents can walk away feeling a little bit like we're their cheerleader and guide, maybe. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So to wrap up this wonderful episode that we're calling, we wrote a book, please check out our new book on Amazon titled Blazing New Homeschool Trails, Educating and Launching Teens with Developmental Disabilities by Natalie Vecchione and Cindy LaJoy. And when you read the book, you'll find out more about our complimentary companion journal at the end of the book, and then you can start your own journey. So co-author Cindy LaJoy, what <laughs> words, what, I love saying that we're co-authors. It's, it's still, it's, I know that's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool to hear and, and, and say that. What words of hope can you leave for our audience members? I'm still here. And so are you. And our relationships with our kids are intact. Yours can be too. I, I think that um, particularly with the world of FASD, there, is, uh, there are so many stories of pain and heartache and loss and grief because it's just so hard. And we never hear the stories where families have made it, or at least I should say made it this far, because I always caution our closest friends, we're not done yet. I know it looks like we are, but we're really not. And even in the last couple of weeks, you know, we had a couple of challenges that were minor, but there are things that you wouldn't have with kids this age at all. But I really, I really think that there are hopeful stories out there. Just like the news, though, you don't hear them. You only hear the negative because that sells. I'm hoping that hope sells with our book. I'm hoping that light and honest reflection, not making it a fairy tale, but telling the truth and giving some concrete steps you can take will help parents feel not just informed, but empowered to go outside the box, empowered to know other people have to taken ridicule for them as others don't understand what the heck they're doing. And it's strange and unique and different. And yet there are some of us who know that this works. Um, so that's, that's what, that's what I would leave folks with. There is hope. It, I would say, honestly, it'll never look the way you envisioned when you held your baby in your arms. If you had them as babies, maybe it's the day the judge said yes. And they were 10 standing in front of you or whatever, as it was in our case, but it isn't all negative. And I know that you, Natalie, and I know myself, I have wonderful, wonderful, loving relationships with my kids who are doing pretty well, not denying that we have moments that are challenging where things just aren't quite understood right or where, you know, the brain scrambled it or whatever, but we work through it. And it's, first of all, a different approach, you know, by, you know, thinking differently, right? rather than harder and working at it differently. But it's actually seeing the person underneath and accommodating all the way through beyond being just the one, uh, beyond the schools, beyond what others can offer. It's about, we can all help one another to make it. And 
there are more stories. They aren't all failures. The statistics are staggeringly bad, but at times I wonder if it's because the statistics of families like yours and mine aren't counted in the mix. We aren't heard from, and we're here to tell people there's more and you could do it. And hopefully that message comes through loud and clear so that parents are empowered. That, that matters because the parents have to be before the kids can be. Awesome words of hope. Awesome. Awesome. Cindy LaJoy, I'm so glad I hitched my wagon on you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hitched mine on to you too. <laughs> uh, I love this. Oh, I love it. So everyone, again, one it has been time. absolutely, it's been delightful. Oh. Delightful to work with you, Natalie. You're, you're a wonderful human being. You're, you know, a faithful woman of God. You're somebody who has the ability to think not just outside the box, but big. <laughs> and that just like encourages me even more. So um, I'm oh super goodness. grateful for the chance to have gotten to know you and to, and to collaborate together like this. And, and, and we encourage parents to, to Get, call reach us, us, reach out to us and reach yeah. out to one another. Yeah. 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 I am blessed, Cindy, to have you in my life. I am truly blessed. So on that wonderful note of hope, blazing new homeschool trails, educating and launching teens with developmental disabilities by Natalie Vecchione and Cindy LaJoy. Always have hope. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out fasdhope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.